This is Come On Kinds with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Welcome once again into the studios here in KCLR in Kilkenny for Come On Kind. This is season three. It is episode number 10 and I am delighted to be joined as usual as I am every week by the wonderful Anya Fahey. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are you? Asha, we're all good this weekend. We had a great weekend last weekend in the culmination of all of the three adult county finals that got played. Some of them in horrendous weather, some of them in beautiful mm. sunshine. We nearly had the four seasons always missing was a bit of snow yeah. didn't come but anyway we had some wonderful game of camogie uh, that was getting played with the junior intermediate and senior county finals down for decision and we have three champions in the age groups as well we'll be previewing what is going to be a very uh, iconic and special game that's going to be coming up this weekend as well, which we will be talking about later. Also, a small little snippets maybe of the come on kind how things are going for the team of the year, the top scorers, etc. And maybe who might even be in for the player of the year as well coming. There was lots of candidates at the weekend. But as we said, there was three county finals down for decision. There was a double header in Park Lacton in Freshford. The first of them was in the Kilkenny River Court Junior County <coughs> Final between Carrick Shock and the amalgamation of John Locks and Bennett's Bridge. And oh my God, Anya Fahey, what a game of camogie we were uh, entertained with and given and you couldn't take your eyes off of it. Script writers couldn't have predicted how this was going to go. So fill us all in. Well, How did Carrick Shock end up winning the Junior County Final? Well, considering myself and Marie O'Connor got all our predictions wrong last week. And Jimmy O'Shea politely told us afterwards as well yeah. that we had written Carrick Shock off all year. And <laughs> it's actually good that they're listening to the podcast because yeah. seemingly it was used as motivation for them to go along and win a county final. Yeah. Do you know what? It was definitely, I think both teams put up what a spectacular game they put up. It was absolutely phenomenal from the start to the finish. And you know what? I I know a lot of people have this kind of this opinion of you know junior camogie and let's be fair like they do have it but if anybody that was in Freshford on Saturday this match was just absolutely phenomenal it had all the skill in it it had all the adrenaline the buzz the tensity in it it was absolutely unbelievable and literally until the final whistle went you did not know who was going to win that match like it was it was just crazy like I suppose you know, the first half, John Locks, you know, they led at half time, one five to three points. Now, they did have obviously a Gale Force wind behind, mm-hmm. uh, behind them in the first half, and they took full advantage of that. Quiva Shield, very, very quick off the mark, mark to get a goal there, nearly kind of more or less from from the throw in ball. And, you know, they uh, John Locks, Bent Bridge were sitting her in full forward, and you could see why she has this really kind of a low centre of gravity to the ground. Like, and when she got that ball, she just took off and it was bang into the back of the net. It could have been better for them because they actually had the very first chance of getting a goal as well with Lucio Sullivan mm-hmm. hitting the side net yeah. exactly from the throw-in. Yeah. Like it was the first attack going so they could have been two goals to no score up but yeah, Quiva Shield 
and Vivian Holmes. Yeah. The two of them was causing untold problems for Carrick Shock in the first quarter of that game and the goal coming on three minutes. A lovely worked goal that was worked up along the flanks. It came into the centre, worked its way towards Vivian Holmes. She found the ball, passed it to Quiva Shield and Quiva Shield done the rest and my God, what a start for John Locke's Bennett's Bridge. Yeah, absolutely. What a start for them is right. Like you could see by their forwards, they were working extremely hard. And to be fair to John Locke's Bennett's Bridge, they definitely had the better of Carrick Shock in the first 30 minutes uh, Thirty minutes on Saturday. Without the shadow of a doubt. Yeah, no, they did. Like, and we have to, like, you have to say that they did. Like, they completely outhurled Carrick Shock in every area of the field. They even looked like they were a lot more hungrier for it and they were more up for the game. Like, and they took the opportunities when they came. And as you mentioned already, Vivian Holmes was absolutely phenomenal. She gave an excellent she really showed that she's a real, real leader on that team. You know, heavenly helped there by Laura Dooley and of course Quiva Shield. Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan, I thought at centre back was solid as well. She was trying to come out and she was trying to help her defence. Laura Feeling too, excellent at midfield for John Locke's Bennett's Bridge. But then the second half came, like, you know, bearing in mind Carrick Shock had only got three points in the first half. And then the second half came and my God, what a U-turn. It was literally, seriously was a game of two halves and Carrick Shock just, just kept on plugging away kept on plugging away at the John Locke's Bensbridge lead and then they find them then they find themselves draw a match and then they found themselves ahead and next thing all of a sudden John Locke's went down got a goal they were winning. Yep, there was a were. minute and a half left on the clock. You were thinking, this is it, John Locks. They have it. They're done. They're dusted. You know, they seen out the tides there of the, you know, of Carrick Shock really coming back in the second half. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, on your own and pops up, go, bang, back the net. We said it though. Yeah. It was coming into it. Mm-hmm. Like, there was people giving out yardens all over the weekend about the amount of time that was played and in fairness I thought Morris Flynn had a decent game mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday you know he let it flow when he had to go etc but Margaret Irish went down with a very nasty yeah, injury what looked did. like a, a shoulder collarbone slash up in that area yeah. and she was down for a long period of time before and during the treatment mm-hmm. so there was seven minutes of additional time that was announced in that seven minutes of additional time there was two further injuries that accumulated as well. So the time keeps adding on. Everyone gets this notion into their head that if seven minutes goes up on the board, well, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. It's seven minutes. Like mm-hmm. it, It's not. It's at least seven minutes. So if there's further stoppages or anything within the seven minutes, it all gets lumped on towards the end, which is why we said it in commentary, a two-point lead yeah. was really dangerous. We've seen all through this year and last year what can happen mm-hmm. and it happened to us in Borough in an intermediate quarter-final yeah. that Meath pipped Kilkenny at mm-hmm. the post with a last-minute goal and by God, Carrick Shock done the very same thing at the weekend but it had to be on your own. Yeah. It had to be. Like she was immense all game. She was everywhere. She tried in the first half uh, with her freeze. As you said, there was a howling gale blowing mm-hmm. against her. Carrick Shock really struggled to get the ball outside their own yeah. half of the field. Even in the first half, like there was that much of a gale in it. Then we had sunshine. Then we had torrents of rain coming down on us. But when you have on your own popping up and basically winning it with the goal. And I mean, in fairness, she had a lot to do to get mm-hmm. the goal. 
but she took it brilliantly. She absolutely did and just to even go back to that to on your own even in the first half like and we kind of said it in the commentary like was she coming out too far did Carrick Shock need her more up front like but then in saying that like she was trying to be everywhere and she was trying to do everything and like she was doing an awful lot going back and helping out her backs and then she was driving forward as well and I think to be honest with you, I think that goal actually started with her hitting the ball into somebody her literally doing a big massive lap and U-turn around them to give the ball back to her for her to bury it in the back of the net and that just shows the work rate she has you know it was it was crazy like she was all she completely dominated the middle third of the field especially in the second half like but she carried she had she'd been really consistent in the first half too and she carried it into the second half she, she stood up she took the game by the scruff of the neck and she really drove Carrie Shock on it was brilliant but I also have to mention Margaret Irish I thought was phenomenal when she was on the field yeah. I know she had to go off at an injury she was kind of playing in around the full forward line there at one stage John Locke they couldn't get to terms with her because she was such a strong physical player that she was well able to catch a ball break it down wait for the girls to come in around her and she did cause an awful lot of havoc she popped over two points as well and and I actually kind of felt when she went off I was like right is this where John Locke Bridge now are going to push on her are they going to use this to their advantage but it actually made Carrick Shock stronger it was like they were nearly doing it for her they drove on they kept on going and you know like they had a lot of work to do but by God did they do it in style like they literally had nobody knew what was going to happen until that final whistle blew because you didn't know if there was going to be enough time for John Locksbens Bridge to get back up the field to get another goal and the game had, was so like that they actually had a chance even yeah. when on you got the goal there was a point in it mm. there was potentially later on for a late drama free that you know in fairness to the Carrick shot backs they actually held firm and yeah. didn't do anything silly to give away a free that we could have been heading into extra time but a complete difference like Carrick Shock made a couple of positional changes mm-hmm. in the second half they got to grips with Vivian Holmes they got yeah. to grips with Laura Dooley you know Quiva Shield was in full forward she was starved of ball for mm. a lot of the second half you could see her then floating back out the field to yeah. try and get it but Aoife O'Shea for Carrick Shock is another girl that we yeah. have to mention because she was immense as well. Yeah, particularly in the first half there she was coming out near the sideline near us and every time she was getting a ball it's just her pace. This burst of pace she was just zipping in and out. She was looking in front at one stage and the next minute like she was gone. gone. Like, and she was well able to take on and like, she's quite small as well like, but she was well able to take on the take on her player like, and you know she did cause an awful lot of drama for the John Locksbenis Bridge girls and again like when you have the likes of her and on your own and you can kind of see like why Anya Ronan was able to then drift out so far because you had Eva O'Shea on the same wing as her who was basically coming out just as far as the half forward line and then taking taking the run on because to be fair like she had the pace to burn and she was well able to get around the, get around her backs on the day. And her point in the second mm. half as well right out on the sideline where we yeah. were like I mean it was unbelievable. Like I didn't think she was going to score it from where she was, especially yeah. with the angle was in it. But fair play to her. But a good win for Carrick Shock. Um, mm-hmm. John Locks Bennett's Bridge disappointed with. The, the second half performance in particular? Yeah, like I think they would, I think they are, they're obviously going to be disappointed. It's a county final at the end of the day, but, you know, I really think that John Locks Bridge can take an awful lot of, um, you know, positivities from this. It's, they're only an amalgamated club, what, three or four years? I think three years at most. Yeah, like to get to a county final 
within three years that's a huge 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 honour in itself like and I really think they have a core group of players there that can really drive this thing on and I feel like they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with within the next year or two over at in at junior level and I think perhaps maybe staying at this level gaining a lot of experience for themselves at this level then getting to move up I think it's going to only make them stronger when they do hit the intermediate level they are going to be at intermediate in the next year or two in my opinion I think they're very very strong and I think they'd be well suited in there and like they're I, I definitely think like their younger players are going to gain an awful lot more experience from this you look at the likes there of Meg Ryan Laura Phelan these girls they're young and they know that they only have that they're going to be there thereabouts in the next couple of years like you I'm have to lose checking, one they you, have 11 girls under the age of 20 yeah like you know that's out crazy of, out of a panel of 27 only yeah. Like it's it's brilliant. It really is. It's brilliant for them, and I do think they are going to get stronger and stronger as they go on. And I think, like you know, the direction that they're going with both clubs amalgamated, I think it's really, really working for them. And I think you know, they just have to go back to the drawing board. It's obviously going to be very, very hard, but I think that they can say, right, we've gone that one step further this year. Now, next year, we need to go that step further again and actually win the thing. And I think you know, they're certainly going to be within the within a shout next year as well. We didn't have Carrick Shock on the radar at Not all saw, this no. year. No. Um, and Jimmy O'Shea certainly had that point to prove when I spoke with him after the game. And hopefully, if I pushed all of the right buttons, we are about to hear Jimmy and what he had to say on Carrick Shock's win after the match. Jimmy O'Shea, manager of Carrick Shock. Your heart must have been in your mouth there for long periods of that second half. But what a way to come back and win a county final. You must be a happy man. Yeah, delighted, Martin, delighted. But I never lost faith in that bunch of women. Um, right to the bitter end, even when my own young one there put us in front and the bridge came back down the field and got a goal. Like, we had the ball blown the square five times. And hey, we're after doing it a million times in trend where we're coming on the shoulder, coming on the shoulder. And once it was to pick one woman in the whole parish to come on the shoulder, Neil Dunphy, that was on your own. And when she got in her hand, we're only going to be on results. Tough conditions out there, Jimmy, for a lot of the first half as well. You played, again, a very strong breeze and went in at half-time, slightly down. But what were your thoughts going in at half-time? Um, we, we, were, we were after hearing that the uh, intermediate game was after kind of being a game of two halves. And we were kind of thinking the same ourselves, that um, if we could hold them in the first half, that we command down the, in the second half. And that's how it turned out to be. Now, in fairness to the bridge and Callan the bridge, they really did make some game of it against the breeze. And in fairness to them, uh, it takes two to make an epic game. And that was Nippy County final and fair play to them, yeah. It surely was. They were on top probably for periods of the first half. It took a while for you to get to terms with him, especially the forwards there. But in the second half, it was like a role reversal, Jimmy. You really got on top of him. Uh, I think bringing Orla onto Vivian Holmes, is it? She was able to match her for pace and she kind of. Sh- quieting her a good bit she was a cause of a few problems I think that was a good move for us and that kind of quelled him a little bit and I had always had faith in our forwards and Mags Irish was hurling up a storm herself before she got injured and she was a huge loss to us yeah she certainly was any update on her it looked like a, a nasty shoulder injury yeah, that she went off with yeah a nasty we don't know yet but look she's a happy woman at the moment she's going through the pain barrier at the moment yeah Jimmy tells for a club in Carrick Shock like you're a small rural club to be fair to you but I mean those girls out there have hearts like lions they never really give up and to go back up into intermediate now again your first time since 2015 it's great for the parish uh, it's great for the parish and I know um, from you listening to your uh, Camogie kind or whatever you um, probably you probably 
you they you probably under you underestimated the Carrick Shock Club a little bit, I think. And maybe it was just that you didn't really know what we had down there, but we knew what we had down there. And a lot of the girls, um, they they even were using it as motivation that you were you were writing them off in every game. Pilton were going to Bayers, Cannon were going to Bayers. But them ones, hey, they never give up. And I know the quality is in that. We have Eve O'Shea there, 16 years of age, and she was very close to one of the top players for us. Uh, we have, we're after being in an under 14 B County final. Where we have, we have oodles amount of little ones coming down, and you're welcome to them down any Wednesday evening. And there are probably 150 girls below on the field with all top class trainers looking after them all. And I believe that Kerry Shock are going to be a force to be reckoned with in time to come. They certainly are, Jimmy, and they're well coached as well, as you say. A lot of young girls are down there. I think Larry sent me a message during the week that there was between 140 and 150 in the pitch every evening. Yes. But it's going to be great now for them young girls to see success coming at adult level as well and something that they can now aspire to in a couple of years' time. Um, a lot of the little ones were around the pitch there today and I, I even see some of the 14s and tears in their eyes when, um, when, when we won. So it just shows you how much it does mean... It, it, show, it shows it shows um, it shows how much it means to even the children and hey I'm involved there with development squads in Kilkenny Camogie in Kilkenny like there's girls there in every club and they're, they're fabulous girls and it's not just Kerry Shock the amount of work that's been done throughout the whole county is great and look it just shows how much Hurland and Camogie means in Kilkenny it means the world to be honest when you see what it meant to us to win that game today well I certainly do I'd say you'll go and enjoy the celebrations now and for the remainder of the year but you're going to look forward to getting up intermediate and relishing the challenge up there as well Jimmy um, whether you realised or not it or not but the last two years two years ago I took the village to put us, put us out of the junior championship they've gone on to be a very very good team and obviously they're senior now last year Mooncoyne after a battle blowing Kilmacow pushes out of the championship so we were under no illusion we're under no illusion about the good teams in Kilkenny but if them girls stick it out and stay coming and stay coming and stay coming we'll be alright intermediate and ho- well, hopefully we will be so look we'll enjoy this this evening anyway and we'll take it from there after that well, well, we'll stop Jimmy there yeah he certainly will and probably did enjoy it as well but as I said earlier at least Jimmy O'Shea is listening to the podcast and we're giving him ammunition to go ahead and get it. But look, it is a great win for Carrick Shock. Are we going to write him off already now for intermediate next year straight away? We are. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God! Oh, well, sure. Look, at least Jimmy is first, and he's on top of the bill as well today, and he's getting all the plaudits as well as his team, and well they should because Carrick Shock deserve it. Winners of the Tom Ryan Memorial Cup, and actually, uh, fitting enough that Tom Ryan, being a Carrick Shock man uh, himself, if he was around, he would have been sincerely proud of uh, a group of girls that has gone on and won the championship again, which I think is the first time since 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, they won it in 2015. They do. Championship, yeah, yeah. So they will do well, but yes, well done to Carrick Shock and all associated with the club there on a fantastic win over the weekend, claiming the Kilkenny Rivercourt Junior Hotel County final on a final score line of 2 8 to 2 7. Oh, excuse me. Again, a John Locks Bennett's Bridge team that are certainly going to be there for the future. And we have to say that Carrick Shock, we were looking at the age profiles mm. on uh, John Locks Bennett's Bridge earlier. Carrick Shock are in the same boat, almost the same boat, 15 under 20s as well on a panel of 27 that's there. So, yeah, they're going uh, very, very well. And again, the future is bright. And as Jimmy said, 
140 to 150 young girls now that will look up and see well if their girls can win county finals well so can I in a couple of years and that's what you want you want to inspire the younger generation coming up yeah absolutely I think and you know as you mentioned as well in the interview there they are a small rural club so it is great to be seeing a club like Carrick Shock being able to you know dominate at that at this grade and be able to drive forward and you know 150 <laughs> players that's you know that's great work as well and it's all down to you know their committee and everything that they're doing in Carrick Shock and the very best to look to them at Intermediate next year Yeah it certainly is Well earlier on that morning we had got the Shaw's Department Store Intermediate Championship Final that took place in Bennett's Bridge between James Stevens and the Roar in after much debate the match did proceed it did go ahead uh, and the Roar in had a great start in this game on you I mm-hmm. mean they went a couple of points up James Stevens came it was nip and tuck then right up until half time and the Roar had a six points to four lead going in which I don't know who played with the Breeze or who played again the Breeze being honest with you but it was a low scoring first half but still it would have been nice for the Roar to take that lead in at half time it would have given them good confidence Yeah it certainly would and you know from reports that we were getting back because obviously you know we couldn't be there because we were with we were doing the junior match live um, Kenny Hamilton certainly dominated the first half of Rornishteag Rornishteag were playing with the Gale Force wind behind their back and they completely utilised that in the first half and even when you kind of looked at the scores because we were watching the, the feed on Twitter like it was very much tip for that but like you always could see that Rornishteag were ke- keeping their nose in front the whole way through and you know as I mentioned already that was um, all down to Kelly Hamilton Cuiva Kermert also getting on the scoreboard as well as was Crea Langton as well um, Bit of a surprise prize for Cueva I mean she has been scoreboarding bag loads of goals like and that through the championship but only one point in the match as well Um, I mean they had six points at half time and unfortunately for the Roar they failed to score in the second half Mm -hmm. which would make me think that they were playing again a a gale of breeze in the second half as well Um, but a complete turnaround from James Stevens. Yeah, um, absolutely. A great, great turnaround for James Stevens, And I suppose like they were always going to have their, their purple patch in the game. And, you know, I suppose the, the main thing for James Stevens is that they didn't allow Rornish Deek to get too far ahead of them in the first half when they particularly had, when they had that breeze with them. And, you know, to go in two points down at halftime, knowing that they would have been aided with the breeze in the second half, you could imagine that James Stevens were going to be quietly confident in that. Um, they have the experience. They were never going to lose the rag of themselves and they were always going to remain very very calm in that situation because they knew going down to Bennett's Bridge on, on Saturday morning that Roar and Ashtig were going to come and as I mentioned last week with a bit of a snarl on them with all the goings on that mm-hmm. had gone on they were going to come down they were going to bite first but it was up to James Stevens how they were going to react to that and by God look at the way that they reacted to it 12 points to 6, 12 points to six in the end you know completely stopping the Roar and Stieg attack not allowing them to score as you mentioned in the second half but then like you know to have you know the players of the calibre of like Emma Gaffney she got player of the match there I, from what we're hearing she was absolutely exceptional Emma Minogue and Hannah Scott were also excellent as well Neve Dealey really started coming into herself in the second half half too and I suppose for James Stevens, when you're in that situation you do need the likes of the Neve Dealies and the Hannahs and the Emma the Emma Minogue to really stand up as long, along with Michelle Teen you do need these girls to, to step up and like push this thing forward and you know for James Stevens, they'll be delighted with that 12.6 they're intermediate county champions they go on now to play at senior level where realistically they should be mm-hmm. when you kind of look at their panel and you know they're going to be massive massive contenders in the senior championship next year but they're going to have a great great chance at the Leinster championship too 
experience is a great thing yeah. and in fairness to James Stevens, I'm just looking down through the records they've been in the last four county finals at junior intermediate level mm-hmm. they were in the interme- uh, junior county final in 2019 they lost it yeah. they won the following year mm-hmm. they were in the intermediate county final last year mm-hmm. they lost it and they won this year yeah like you know that experience for a team that has been there and has experienced heartbreak they've experienced joy mm-hmm. You can't teach that or you can't beat having that bit of experience when it comes to a county final. And it obviously showed as well on Saturday last. Like, I mean, the roar, it's a while since they were in a county final themselves. Yeah. Yes, they would have been missing uh, a couple of players as well, um, which didn't help matters. But the simple facts is when you don't score in the second half, mm. you're not going to win a county final, unfortunately. And for the roar, Look, we said it all along that they were probably in a bad space maybe at the start of the year. They were managerless. You know, Mark Moore has done a fantastic job with them. Yeah. You know, you have to feel for the likes of Emma Kavanagh who has been there and, you know, uh, has lost out on finals. Um, but when you look at the, the three teams, I mean, only three of the inside starting forwards for each team was on the score sheet mm. and it worked in the favour of James Stevens. James Stevens had Sophie O'Dwyer. She had seven points in total. Neve Dealey with three points. Cueva Moran with a point. You look at the other side then. I mean, Kelly Hamilton was their top scorer with four points. Cueva Kermorta with a point. And Crea Langton getting in with a point as well. You know, so unfortunately for the roar, just the bit of experience I think for James Stevens did tell and they came out on top. They won. Yeah, they certainly do. And, you know, just to go back to your point there, like with the amount of times that they've been in a county final and whether it's won or lost for James Stevens, you're dead right. That experience of county final day, whether you win or lose, you know what it's like on the day of a county final and that will stand to you. And, you know, Rona Steek haven't been in a county final since 2015, as far as I can recall on that. 2016 was the last one. 2016. Yeah. Like, you know, for them, like there's probably a lot of those players on the Rona Steek team that weren't even involved in, that weren't actually even involved in the that t- team back then. And, you know, I suppose James Stevens, they've really had like a wealth of succession over the last couple of years that it's nearly a habit for them now at this stage to be competing in county finals. And, you know, you can't, you know, once you get that winning habit and once you get into habit, it's very hard to break that down and they'll be building on that going towards the Leinster Championship this year. I really, really feel for James Stevens. I do think that they can be massive contenders in the Leinster Championship this year. Um, and I think, you know, they're probably going to really put it up and it wouldn't surprise me if we see them in a Club All Ireland final. It could be possible. Mm. Well, that's all for coming for next weekend because obviously the Leinster Championship will be starting uh, on the 29th and I think actually it's Raharney um, yeah, of Westmeath that yeah. they're after getting as well and mm-hmm. it's a home venue as well in uh, the Kells Road for them on the 29th. Um, but yeah, no, I was just checking because you did point out uh, rightly so on Saturday that I did get it wrong that you were actually the champions in 2015 um, and Glenmore did play the Roar in 2016 and Glenmore unfortunately coming away with the win for the Roar's point of view uh, in that as well but um, look there's certainly a team that's there they have a lot of young girls as well I mean they have a panel of 37 out of that there's 21 of those girls that's still under 20 mm-hmm. um, as well coming up so again all of our teams on you 
the theme of it seems to be that the panels are getting younger and younger yeah. and younger. Yeah, I think which is great for clubs, you yeah. know, because James great Stevens for clubs. It's a hint for older players. Yeah, well, James Stevens have twenty players under the age of twenty as well. I mean, it's going to be some under twenty one competition when it starts in a couple of weeks' time. Mm, the under twenty one competition is brilliant every year. I Sorry, under twenty, under twenty two. Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant competition every year, and I really feel like it's the competition that you actually you nearly kind of separate the girls that you know are going to make it at adult inter-county level from we'll say the juvenile section of it and I really think there's going to be some real humdingers because it's not going to be you know predominantly left down to the likes of the Dixburgs the likes of the Thomastowns because anything can happen at under 22 level and yeah can't wait to get that competition going Well it certainly can and something else that's probably a bit strange is when you have a fullback coming out as player of the match in a county final we don't see it too often no. but Emma Gaffney was named as county final player of the game for the Shaw's department store intermediate county final and Emma caught up with our Robbie after the game because he was doing the reporting on it for ourselves so here's what Emma had to say I'm with player of the match Emma Gaffney all joys and celebrations here in Bridge after the village defeated the Roaring Steve by 12 points to 6 in the final as I said I'm with the player of the match fullback Emma Gaffney after that victory Emma congrats um, how are you feeling after that brilliant results brilliant performance by yourself first of all and a great result for the whole team No, thank you so much look I'm I feel like I have no words to be honest like you know we put in such work throughout the year and then you know to come out on top today is just ice on the cake and then I wasn't expecting this I'll tell you that much <laughs> I should say for our listeners she's holding about three trophies two trophies here a lot of trophies but a brilliant performance by yourself I must say first of all before we go on to the team Emma you seemed inspired there today particularly in the second half it just never looked like the Roar and the Steag were going to get any score whatsoever and of course in the end they didn't um, how proud are you of your own performance? Uh, look I won't lie I wasn't expecting it and to be honest the girls I'm surrounded by I can't take away from them like you know like every day I go out like I'm only new in this year actually I'm only after joining this year I'm from Galway originally so uh, like going out and hurling with them girls like I just want to do my best for them and you know them losing the final last year I really just wanted to go out and do it for them this year so you know um, that that's really what inspired me today and you know Philly Larkin took us out last night and he was just like look lads you know you love this game just go out and smile and enjoy it so and that's just what I did today so uh, you know it was a great game <laughs> certainly was a great game uh, looking on it from an objective point of view but for yourself coming from Galway I mean it's a unique story how have you found it this year coming into a team that as you said, lost the final by two points, I believe it was last year. But they seemed really inspired this year, and has it been a really harmonious camp and one that's been easily to kind of embed yourself into. It has, it, it really has. I have to say, I've never, I like, I've been so welcomed like into this team. Like, I really feel like I'm part of it. You know, not there wasn't a second where I felt like I was on the edge of it or I was a newcomer. You know, like they really brought me into it from the very beginning. And look, uh, the effort that's been put in by everyone throughout the weeks, like as well, like you know, it's. We've really bonded over the last few months. So. And today's performance, specifically the second half, Emma, like six points to four down at halftime. I've spoken to a lot of um, people, and just kind of the the kind of notion was to to stay doing the same things, and ultimately that you will come out on top. Was that kind of a sentiment that you would share as well? That maybe you know there was a strong breeze there, it must be said uh, in the first half in favour of Rornsey, but come the second half, you kind of got the ball into your forwards maybe a bit quicker, and um, they provided the, the ammunition to go on and win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think the, the breeze definitely helped. You know, don't get me wrong, it was a strong breeze out there, but. Look, I think we're like with the, I guess the mindset that we've been drilled into us throughout the months, like by Chuck and Tots and the lads. You know, it's they really just hammered into us, just keep going and keep pushing and just keep supporting each other. And I think that's what got us over the line today. 
and the whole management team led by John Scott of course a staunch uh, village club man um, how important have they been getting over the line because it can be easy after losing the final maybe to just accept defeat and say you're never going to get up but they really have come back very strong this year the whole panel and the management team as I said yeah no they've been brilliant and look I wasn't there last year but you know this year the mindset and everything and the, the positivity that they've brought to the table like each week you know it's an absolutely yeah, fantastic <laughs> Uh, no, but they've just been absolutely fantastic, and like you know, like they've been at every single session that we've been at. You know, they've put in just as much effort, so they've really brought us on every single training session this year. Um, so yeah, no, it, like we wouldn't be here without them. Final question: You going to play for Kenny? <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> thanks very much, Evan. Well done again. Great, thanks so much. Thanks. Good man, Robbie. Get the question in good and early there because if that girl is putting in a performance like that, we certainly won't say no to her. But no wonder you were saying to me off air there on you when that was playing. No wonder you didn't realise or recognise uh, herself because she is obviously after coming from Galway. Mm-hmm. But what an addition uh, then to come find. to mm-hmm. uh, James Stevens. But I. As she said herself, it has to be tough coming from a different county and trying to embed yourself into a club that has been in county finals, as we've said already, for numerous times and try and make your way in and then get onto the team and that. But she obviously has done it with great ease out there. Yeah, it certainly is. Like, it's obviously not an easy situation to find herself in. And, you know, I suppose a lot of it probably in the back of her mind was to, to probably go, go down and, you know, get in with a club. Uh, really as a social aspect to, to meet people as well. Like, and then when you're going down there and, you know, you're manning the position of full back, which is such an important position in any team. And then, you know, first county final Kenny to come out with player of the match. You know, what a story. Like, absolutely brilliant. Um, we played Jane Stevens. you know, it's before the start of the championship and, like, I'm nearly sure it was her I was marking and I just I didn't recognise her you know the way like when you're playing matches you always recognise the player that especially in Kilkenny like you always recognise them and her I just couldn't couldn't figure out who she was but oh my god she's incredible she's absolutely phenomenal and I think you know if there's any way of getting her into a Kilkenny panel I think they should be looking and especially an intermediate squad like I think she'd walk onto an intermediate squad give her a year or two there and then you know drive her up to the seniors but you know it would be great it would be great to have her Well we have people that listen to this podcast so if you're listening people and you are watching that game at the weekend well then you know what to do pick up the phone and make sure that that girl is wearing a stripy jersey <laughs> next year uh, Moving along then but yeah we will know congratulations to uh, James Stevens before we do anything uh, they won the Centenary Cup as it's known um, obviously congratulations we do have to mention that Emma actually picked up the Shem Downey Memorial Player of the Match Award because that is named in honour of the great Shem of course add dad I add dad I should say to uh, Angela and to uh, Anne Downey as well so a great man and a man that would cut the legs from underneath you as well I can tell you one thing if you've done anything wrong against any of the teams that he was with but uh, no a great man was uh, was him um, and no doubt he sadly missed by everyone there as well but great to keep his memory alive in the player of the match then we do have the Michael Ling Motors Hyundai Senior County Final which had the pairing of Dixborough and Thomastown up against one another in Park Lacton in Freshford it was the last game of a hectic and busy schedule for all of ourselves of course we were doing this one live as well and even all of our experts here last week predicted that Dixborough with all of their games and floating through semi-finals and quarter-finals that there was only going to be one winner in this 
by God, including me, I have to say, because I did not think that anyone was going to beat Dixborough this year, where we all proved wrong on Saturday evening, Anya Fahey. Oh my God, what a game. It was always going to be one of the, the best Um games in the senior county final that we we're going to see two teams now, that it, it was good in a way because it may not have had the drama uh, or maybe as much passion maybe as the, the junior one that we saw but tactically mm. for two teams to go against battle like Thomastown really got their tactics spot on on Saturday Yeah I think like it was obviously you know it's obviously going to be a different standard than that and uh, you know after the, the the exhibition of a game that we were given earlier on that day like it was hard to going to be able to come up with something that was as you know tenacious as it but I definitely think like you know different styles it was it was certainly a county final where we really got to witness you know definitely the best two teams in Kilkenny go at it and you know thankfully it was a game where again anybody could have won it but you have to say like and I said this as well on on Saturday it was definitely for me and I'm sure Ger Welsh and all the lads involved at Thomastown would say it it was an all round complete team performance from Thomastown their work rate was incredible they were so hungry that you could nearly see the frost in under their helmet coming out of their mouth every time that they were going for the ball. They were so hungry for it. They just wanted nothing more than to get that ball. Like, and But they looked like they were enjoying it as well. Like Every time that Dixburg got around the ball, there was three, four Thomastown girls that literally just swarmed in on top of them. They weren't letting them do anything. They were making Dixburg make silly mistakes that Dixborough wouldn't mm-hmm. ever make like and you know it was just it was really just one of those games where Thomastown had a game plan and in order for them to succeed they knew that they had to keep that game plan going for the 60, 63, 64 minutes of that game and by God did they it kind of actually put a little bit of fear back in me I was like oh dear God Thomastown are back they're back and they're better than ever they'd say themselves they never went away yeah. anywhere you know yeah. <laughs> like a lot of people thought that Thomastown that was it they were gone Dixborough were the mm. new kids on the block etc but I mean the game was tic-tac and you know there was a lot of toing and froing and jostling for position to see within the first five minutes of the game which you would expect especially for a county final um, Dixborough did get off the mark first it was Orla Hendrick that got a point mm-hmm. but we said in the commentary for the Thomastown game against Clara in the semi-final that Thomastown such a great start yeah. that they probably put Clara in a position that Clara didn't think they were going to be in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? They, they really brought the game to Clara. Yeah. We Clara weren't able to cope with that. No. And we yeah. didn't think that Thomastown maybe could produce the same sort of a start against Dixborough the way that Dixborough had played all along. Yeah. But we were wrong. So wrong. Like as soon as Orla got that point, Thomastown just flew and yeah. put four unanswered points on the board. It was like they were nearly teasing them. Like here, yeah, you can have that now. Watch us. Watch what we can do. We're going to absolutely open you up. They really did. Like, and I have to say, like it was probably it was probably the one line on the field that I was kind of looking at throughout the whole the, the whole game. I really felt like whoever could get on top in regards to these three positions I felt like was really going to succeed in that game and I felt like Sarah Barco obviously started out on half forward line but Sarah Barco Emer Farrell and Eva Hines absolutely crucified the half back line for Dixborough mm-hmm. they they were doing their own thing 
and the Dixburgers just were not physically they were just weren't able to cope with it and the very like that goal from e- that goal from Emer Farrell like wh- where did she even come out of like Anna Farrell was nearly over on the sideline near us and she just managed to get a pass straight into the path of Emer who was coming through like a train and there was no way she was going to stop but she was definitely 40, uh, 40 metres out from she goal was, she was fair cheeky to be even taking a shot from out there especially coming up and against the goalie at the standard that Kirsty Marr is mm-hmm. like Kirsty Kirsty Mara is definitely one of the top class goalies in the county. She really is. But then to have the cheek to take a shot from that far out and really bury it low into the corner. But Kirsty her pace, had a chance. Yeah. Her burst of pace even to get away from the Dixborough players, first of all, like she was after running at least I would reckon she got the ball in the 45 metre line. She was after running 20 metres mm. without getting Nobody, as much yeah. as someone brushing off yeah. of her. Um, and then if you had to go and place that slitter where she placed it in the spot that Kirsty Marr had no hope of mm-hmm. getting to it she couldn't place it any better No, and she managed to do that it was and we said it in commentary it was a goal of beauty it yeah. was fabulous yeah it was an excellent goal it was so well taken but I suppose what really impressed me about Emer Farrell um, in that in this match and I suppose in the semi-final as well like we're so probably used to maybe seeing her in around the full forward line in around corner forward but I think it's I think she actually has a serious work rate out in the half forward line and I think like you know when you have your sister inside kind of telling you you need to do this and you need to do that I think it kind of nearly puts the fear in Emer that she has to do it but by God when the two of the, those girls linked up on but Saturday I mean this brilliant. in a nice way yeah I mean mm. the old Emer Farrell when she used to play in corner forward and that was to get the ball into her and maybe you mm. know that youth on her side at that stage you know she has put a couple of more years onto herself you know and the experience has been there still only a child though, correct but she, yeah. her distribution on you like there was no stupid shots yeah there Thomas Town's possession was unbelievable. Like they had two wides in the whole of the game, and they came in the first half. Like there was no one hitting shots from impossible angle. If they hadn't got a shot on, they were working the ball into the forwards, mm-hmm. working it well through the lines. And Eamor Farrell was the epitome of that, especially in the first half when yeah. Thomas Town had the performance they did. Yeah. No, she was brilliant and you know like it was always going to be a juicy little little match there between herself and Nee Phelan and who was going to win it and you know to be honest with you Well there was only one winner yeah, in that battle. Thomas Town really had their matchups done I felt like really really well like even bringing um even bringing Sarah Barco out onto the half forward line um in the it, for at the very start of the match, I think and that, that worked really, a treat. yeah, it really, really did. Like, and I think that's where they like they really had everything down to a T. Like, you know, knee feeling wasn't really able. Well, she could like she could afford to sit back, but then when she was sitting back, she was really inviting Emer Farrell on her, and Emer Farrell was like, "Yeah, no bother. I'm going to keep coming at you, and I'm going to keep coming on to you, no problem at all." Whereas Neve is probably so used to like, you know, I can I can sit back here, and I'm going to sweep right over and back, and I'm going to work the ball out because that's my trait. I'm well able to get that that ball I'm a strong girl and I can work that ball out but every time Neve Phelan got the ball you could see that Thomastown they knew that if she got the ball she was going to work it out she was going to get put, make sure another player was in a scoring position she was going to distribute the ball to them they didn't allow that they stopped the Dixborough attack straight the from the half possessions from the half yeah. back line especially by the midfielders and the Thomastown half forward line was crazy mm-hmm. yeah absolutely crazy yeah it was like it was. It was just. 
It's mistakes Dixborough don't normally make. And and I think this is why everyone is nearly shocked about it because we're probably so used to looking at Dixborough. And to be fair, like we did probably blow them up to the last, but like, you know, when you're a team on form and you're going in with the with the favourites tag on you, you have to be you're gonna to have to get used to it. That's just the way it is. But like we haven't seen a team come anyway close to Dixborough this year. No. Nope. And then for Thomastown to come out and completely obliterate them. And I know they're probably not going to be happy with it, but that's what happened. Thomastown came out, they completely obliterated them. They played nearly Dixborough at their game and they, their work rate alone, like Dixborough physically could not cope with the work rate and you could see them, they were getting frustrated on yeah, the field. Yeah. There was hurls being kind of thrown off the ground. They were being very vocal on the field in you know, in regards to kind of giving out to themselves more so than anything. And you could see by it, the more that that happened with Dixborough, the more Thomastown rose to the occasion. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I just think Thomastown were... They got under their brilliant. skins yeah. for a want of a better word. Mm-hmm. They really did. And they had nothing to lose going out in the game because no. everyone was after writing them off in it. So the only way to prove all the doubters in the whole lot was to put in a performance like they did. We're always mentioning work rate um, and we always mention Sarah Welsh as well in the middle of the field. Herself and Jenny Reddy had a fabulous game. There was five of the inside six forwards uh, got on the score sheet during the whole game. One player didn't but by God was Trey's Donnelly on some amount yeah. of ball especially in the first half and again her distribution of ball and passes or getting fouled mm. led to Thomas Towns 1-7 to 4 points lead at half time like again for a girl that's so low to the ground you know she has a great centre uh, of gravity her balance is brilliant um, but she had immense game and the only thing she didn't do was put a score on the scoreboard yeah I know but you know what other than that like you like even for a lot of the match there for Trey's I actually felt she was nearly working around the middle of the field mm-hmm. Her, as you said her work rate she was getting in the vital hooks the blocks the little kind of flicks away just making an absolute nuisance of herself she mightn't have got on the scores but her work rate alone on the day was just incredible as well. Like, and I suppose that's probably the big thing for Thomastown. And I felt like every time the Thomastown backs got the ball out, it was the Thomastown forwards were working just as hard as the as the backs were to try and convert a score. And that's a something, that's a thing of confidence. Like when you can see your forwards converting the scores or working really hard or getting that hook or block in, it makes it easier for the defenders to defend that ball because they know they they have the confidence confidence then to know that our forwards are defending just as hard as us. So we need to make sure and get this ball to them because they're they're in the position now that they can score. But Trey's down yet yeah, she might have got on the scoreboard but she, her work rate is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it certainly was a, a very good performance indeed. We've been accustomed I suppose a small little bit especially in the semi-final when Dixborough are playing especially again the gale of breeze you know that the other team do well Dixborough behind and then they come out and they blitz everyone in the second half and they obliterate them and everyone knows what happens in a lot of the games the same thing happened in the quarter-final against Barrow Rangers etc. So we were kind of expecting a real good charge from mm-hmm. Dixborough in the second half. And we got it. Yeah. Because the first two scores, Dixborough had 1-1. Avo Gorman was in the right place at the right time. There was only six minutes gone in the second half and Dixborough had brought it down to two points, 1-7 to 1-5. And we thought to ourselves, here we are now, the comeback is back on. It had the opposite effect mm. nearly. 
because yeah. Thomastown went down the other end of the field only a couple of minutes later and we didn't know who got the goal on the day and we asked Ger Welsh as well and he kind of alluded to the fact but Billy Cullett and fair play to him he managed to capture a photograph it was Anna Farrell who got on to uh, I think it was a free was put in around the house she managed to get uh, a touch to it and that was a vital score yeah. because it then put Thomastown back up to 2-7 to 1-5 lead uh, which is 13-8 to eight. so it was a 5 point lead again for them and I know I said in commentary the other day that when a team only scores 2 scores they don't deserve to win a county final because I thought it was Dixborough but I was looking at the wrong column anyway mm. Um but I mean that goal was vital in the scheme of things for Thomastown because it kept them ahead it gave them the edge that they needed to get over the line and it worked Well when you see that Thomastown only scored 1-1 in the second half yeah. you know and scored the goal at a really important time at, because like really the momentum was starting to, to gain its way towards Dixborough and the only way what better way to cut out that momentum and stop it in its tracks is to get a goal like and regardless of how pretty or how sweet the goal was it was still a goal. Once it goes in that it, once net, it, goes, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. And then obviously Vines stepping up like and, you know, winning or stepping up and taking a shot and, you know, getting the winning score, putting it over the bar. Like, you know, two really vital scores, even though they, and they, to be fair, like to Thomastown, they really only had two or three shots they really only had two or three opportunities in the second half to take a shot on goal because the wind was so strong but you know Dixborough just when they got that goal you really felt like it was going to push on you could feel like there was a bit of a lift on the team and even like after every score they got like Jenny Clifford got a score and she was fist pumping Amy Clifford got a score she was fist pumping Eva Prendergast got her freeze and she was like you know driving them on and you kind of felt like right this is the revival that's coming back Dixborough really going to push on here now but no better woman than Anna Farrell to come in and go sorry now I have a different different idea on what's going to happen here today no it was brilliant it was, yeah. it was brilliant really no, good to see it, it, it certainly was and I mean now even talking to Ger afterwards that you know they wanted to get back to a county final this year there was no other talk of anything else um, that was their main aim but they now go forward as well mm. into a Leinster Championship and a bit like James Stevens, they're going to be buzzing for us they come up against St Vincent's which yeah. we will preview next weekend as well but they have a decent chance as well this year again to get into the Leinster final Yeah I think so and I think there's something really new and really spirited about Thomastown this year like I feel like they're in probably a really a much better place than they were even when they were winning a couple of years ago and I feel like they nearly valued this one more than anything and I know that that's probably weird to say because like you know they've, they're so used to winning county finals but I really felt like this one they kind of had to come the hard way about it to be fair like you know they never normally have to go through a first round quarter final stage they have to do that this year you know they had a really tough semi-final against Clara and then like you know to to put it up against Dixborough and come out with a great victory against Dixborough in a county final like I think Thomastown will be absolutely delighted I think like they have a really really good balance along the field like I said it before Kate McDonald to me is worth 6-7 points to any team just for her vocal just being vocal alone um, Jenny Reddy I just feel like to be fair like she was everywhere like she was so consistent for the 60 minutes and I think that's what really really impressed me impressed me about her much like she didn't disappear where I felt like sometimes some player, some other players might have disappeared a bit in and out of the game but she was consistent for the 60-63 minutes and it was just absolutely incredible by her just like as if you were on cue mentioning Jenny Reddy on that one because she is next and talk about her she was the player of the match and I managed to catch up catch up even with Jenny afterwards uh, and get her thoughts on what was a fabulous final so let's hear from our player of the match Jenny Reddy 
Jenny Reddy, you're shivering with the cold, but I don't think you're going to mind too much. You've just been crowned senior champions for 2022, and better still, you won the Player of the Match award as well. Must be a happy lady going home this evening. I'm very happy going home this evening with the win especially I just can't believe it we we came in here today and we knew we were just going to have a serious battle ahead and like all week people were saying to me oh you're like it's going to be very tough for you it's going to be very tough for me for you and that's exactly what it was but part of me did think we might if we were if we worked really hard we might get get over the line today and I'm just so happy we did I think it's one of the the most special wins we've had to be honest you talk about hard work the work rate of all of the Thomastown players from 1 to 15 today was immense what was instilled into you by the management during the week um, well I think we knew that Dixborough were such a good team that we wouldn't we wouldn't have a chance against them unless we worked really really hard like to be honest coming in if, if we were if we didn't work hard today we could have lost by a good few points like we could have got hammered so we knew we had to um, do that coming into the game today but it's something that's kind of always been in our team I think even in the past and I know we've lost some girls over the last year or so which are huge losses but some of the younger girls did step up and they showed that they're, they're able to work equally as hard as well When I came back in the second half it was level nip and tuck all the way through had you really still got the belief heading towards the end? Were you looking at, oh God, is this going to go to extra time? Or had you always got the belief, no, we can get the win and score like we did and come away with the victory? I had the belief, but to be honest, I did think it was slipping there at times. Like they did have one or two wides. Um, and I, I think that really helped. Like we did get a bit of luck today and with, with the second goal as well. But um, yeah, like there was times when I did feel it was slipping. But yeah, I'm just so happy we got the few breaks and we got over the line in the end. I don't think you'll mind me saying you probably are one of the elder statesmen of this team. It's great to be out, but playing in midfield as well, like, I mean, you have such an engine on you. You were everywhere. I'd say you covered every blade of grass here in Freshford this afternoon, and I know it's a team game, but to be awarded the, the player of the match as well, it is nice to come away with the accolades. Oh, it's lovely to come away with it, but to be honest, I think you could have picked anyone off our team today, really. Everybody worked so hard. And, yeah, unfortunately, I am pushing on, and I am, I'd say, by far the oldest out there today, unfortunately. But, um, look, I'm just enjoying it. I think I enjoy um, the games a little bit more now, and the victories especially, because I know my, my days, I suppose, of playing out there are, are limited at this stage. Well, they're not limited yet, because you still now have the Leinster semi-final to contail with in a couple of weeks' time. I know, and to be honest, this year we didn't look past the county final at all. Like, in the past, I suppose, there was a lot expected of us. Um, and this year was completely different like none of us I, I didn't even know it was on the 12th I think it's on the 12th is it? December, yeah, you yeah. said it there when you were making your speech um, I hadn't even thought about it to be honest but yeah look we'll enjoy the, the win tonight and during the week we'll start focusing on Leinster Well congratulations on the win on the personal accolade today and the best of luck going forward in Leinster as well Thanks very much Martin yeah, that was the brilliant Jenny Reddy after a great performance uh, in the senior county final as well. Um, obviously, it was uh, great as well because uh, I got to co-present the trophy with uh, Neiling, obviously, because the cup is now named after Bates, who had been with me for so many years going to all of the games as well. Um, so that was a little nice touch. And I must mm-hmm. say, I have to thank Teresa Elward for the honour of doing that as well. Um, to the pity the boss wasn't able to be there. She got caught with her own young fellas playing in a, a county final of their own, which uh, is a pity. But that's the joys, I suppose, of having so many 
many matches in county finals to get played at the uh, same time. Um, which was great for Thomastown, and they've you know they've won three in a row back in uh, 2016 to 18, etc. And the last time they won it was 2020. We said that the Dixborough kind of nearly had to do a back-to-back victory, you know, to be classed as one of the great teams. They have been great champions last year. They were unlucky in the Leinster final against Euler to the Bala. You know, we've had a fantastic captain in Aoife Prendergast as well, but that elusive back-to-back is still missing from Dixborough. But with so many young players that's there as well, like they have 15 under-20s as well coming uh, on their panel, they're not going away anywhere anytime mm. soon. They're still going to be there. So it's uh, back to the drawing board, I think, from for next year, maybe. Yeah, it certainly is. And you know what? Like, I I really do feel like, you know, you're going to get a massive response from Dixbury next year. Like, they're obviously going to be devastated and gutted. You know, deep down, they would be kind of looking to, to think that, you know, after winning it in 2019, that they you know put in a poor campaign in 2020 and I suppose after winning it last year they were kind of hoping that they would be doing the back-to-back this year but you know nonetheless like I I do think we're going to see a a real bite and a massive response from them next year but yeah it is back to the drawing board but you know every single one of those players that are on the pitch on on Saturday for Dixborough can be very proud of what they've done for the club and what they did on Saturday as well but unfortunately on the day they were just caught out by a a lot better Thomastown team and you know just you know I know Jenny Reddy she got player of the match because she was absolutely outstanding but like as she said herself there was numerous other players that that could have gone to too. Like, could have you know, went to anyone at anyone. all. Anyone. Eva Hines was exceptional. Anna Farrell was brilliant. Emma Farrell was brilliant. Like, you know, there was really, it could have been anybody. It really, really could have. And I don't think Kate McDonald had too many shots, like, no. apart from the, the one, like, that, um, that was about eight. And, you know, they're moving on. Great champions that they are now. And we'll enjoy a Leinster campaign, hopefully, with them. Uh, and no doubt they'll feature in the team of the year as well. We've had many a nomination in already from uh, Thomastown. Just on the uh, Come On Kind team of the year, obviously we will be doing um, a show uh, about that coming up shortly. We have to sit down and accumulate all of the nominations and put everything together with all of our spies and what the match referees have sent in all throughout the weeks as well. The only thing that we do know, um, and we can announce it, and that is who is actually going to be the winner of the Come On Kind uh, top scorer competition in each of the groups as well and we are obviously delighted to announce that Anya Rowan is going to be taking that accolade in the junior with a total of one goal and 30 points um, out of the championship so congratulations to Anya uh, on that accolade and she will be getting presented with a very nice trophy within the next couple uh, of weeks as well and no doubt you never know she might even feature on the team of the year be in for a nomination for it the intermediate top scorer then is uh, a little bit unique because Lydia Fitzpatrick from St Lactons was the top scorer going into the weekend's games and the only one could overtake her was Quiva Kerr Morta uh, and with Lydia on 38 points and Quiva Kerr Morta on 37 points it obviously ended up that it was a draw and both of them ended ended up as joint top scorer so both of them will be getting uh, a trophy for that uh, we decided we couldn't go with either the top scorer of points or the top scorer on goals or uh, it wouldn't be very fair to either of the players so yep yeah, well done to Lydia Fitzpatrick from St Lactons four goals and 26 points that's a total of 38 points and top scorer joint top scorer
score will be Cuiva Caramorta from the Roar in his league with 9 goals and 11 points that's also a total of 38 points as well so a joint winners there in the intermediate competition and in the senior competition surprisingly enough that the two teams that got to the county final didn't feature in the top scorer at all at all in any of the, the top three. Eva Hines was the nearest one. She was outside it in uh, the fourth place position. Um, she was still a few points behind uh, Steffi Fitz there in third place. But the winner of the senior top scorer is Mary O'Connell from Clara with two goals and 32 points. So a total of 38 points there as well. So congratulations to Anya, Lydia, Quiva and Mary on receiving those accolades. And as I said earlier, they will be receiving a special commemorative uh, trophy for becoming the Come On Kind top scorer for the championship in 2022. Obviously, myself and Anya, as we said, we still have to sit down with all of the gang and the whole lot and put the competition together. Um, so probably I'd say within the next fortnight, uh, we maybe even next week, we might be able to announce who's going to be the nominees for the Come On Kind team of the year because it takes us a good while, as it did yeah. last year, uh, to try and come up with uh, working with the nominations as well. So we will see how that's going to pan out. But we will let you know as soon as it's happening. We will be having a preview show for the Intermediate Championship next weekend. That's going to be the Leinster game with James Stevens and Raharney and we'll see how things are going then with the team of the year if we can announce the nominees and that for next year. But the jerseys are fab. Deadly, yeah, they're class. They're lovely they're this year. of the year as well. Um, so we, we will be announcing obviously the nominations for the player of the year as well. Yep. Um, and we will be getting the public involved the same as we did last year so be sure to keep an eye out on all of the KCLR social media channels that you can have your say and be part you can have a vote in who becomes top scorer as well as all of our special uh, guests etc that's here so not top scorer sorry the player of the year not top God I'm getting confused with myself here The yes the player of the year um, will be open to the public to help out so it'll be a bit like the uh the Eurovision that the jury vote here <laughs> will have a vote and they'll put it together and then the public will come in with their vote and it could change everything around so yeah. you never know it, uh, it could happen obviously there is going to be a novelty match ahead this weekend mm-hmm. as well on Saturday it is going to be the senior Kilkenny Camogie team holiday fundraising exhibition match that is going to have the Kilkenny hurling legends marri- or married managed by Anne Downey and Racker Cody I don't think Anne and Racker are going to be married anyway God I'm really uh, tongue-tied this evening and they're going to be taking on this year's All-Ireland Senior Camogie Champions managed by the wonderful Brian Cody and the great Angela Downey that's there so it is going to be a fantastic afternoon it is taking place in the O'Loughlin Gales GEA Club in the city just across the road from UPMC Nolan Park throw-in time is at 2 o'clock with the under-16s for Price is only €10 per person and the tickets can be pre-purchased through any of the players or online and all of the details are available on the Kilkenny Camogie social media pages or tickets can be purchased at the gate on the day as well with cash or bank cards are also going to be accepted. And Anya, I have just received some of the hurling legends that's going to be taking part in this game. We have PJ Ryan who's obviously going to be playing on goal. Jackie Tyrrell, 
is going to be playing in the backs and God help anyone that's going to hit Jackie because I tell you one thing I was refereeing a game one day in a junior game that Jackie was playing in it and you might as well hit a brick wall as running to Jackie Terrell Mick Kavanagh and uh, our own Philly Larkin who's one of the senior <laughs> selectors so there'll uh-huh. be a few girls out there now with they'll be sharpening the hurls this weekend <laughs> oh, I can see that happening uh, Peter Barry JJ Delaney you have the likes of Lester Ryan our own Brian Dowling is going to be putting on a hurler's jersey on him as well now I don't know whether that's going to be food for thought or whether anyone's going to stay away from them and be fearful of giving him a few slaps but God only knows you have Conor Phelan Owen Larkin Eddie Brennan Tommy Welch Taggy Fogarty Mick Fenley Kieran Joyce Richie Mullally Pat Tennyson Chap Clear DJ Carey Henry Shefflin <laughs> Paddy Mullally and Ronnie Ronan just to name a oh, few brilliant. that is going to be involved in this game against oh yeah, our where's Pat O'Neill? I don't know. That, de- that's devastating. I, I mean, the socks should the shocks should really be out yeah. again, like with Pat like, O'Neill. I need to see those pasty white legs again. <laughs> I need to see them. I'm setting up a petition <laughs> online. We want Pat O'Neill togging out. Uh, Simple as. We couldn't even get Pat in as a linesman, like you know. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be fun though. It's yeah, go- it's, it's going, going to be, be a great crack. It's going to be. It's you know what? It's going to be brilliant and. You know, it's a really, you know what, it's brilliant. It's not something that's been done before. I think there's an awful lot of kind of giggle and, and excitement uh, excitement over it. Obviously, with the likes of Brian and Philly playing, like they're no, not going to want to let the girls get the better of them uh, because no. God help them next year with the slag and when you go back training. Um, and obviously, the girls are going to want to definitely get the, the better of them. I'd say the two boys now, they, they won't be on the field for too long because the, the girls will be going at them. But yeah, excellent. Excellent, excellent to see so many players, former ex Kenny Herders, getting involved. And that's absolutely brilliant to see and it's showing that they're showing their support as well Adrian Ronan can't wait to see him Harlan as well I think this is going to be absolutely you know insightful <laughs> for us um, you know but brilliant absolutely brilliant to see I think you know Miriam going, going in on uh, JJ Delaney there you know Noel won't have been too happy after the relegation final this year against Freshford so Miriam might be trying to get her own back on JJ there um, in that so yeah it will be it will be absolutely brilliant you know to, it's going to be a great occasion I think it's well worth the, the 10 euro to get into it um, I know the girls are going around heavily trying to sell their tickets so if you see any of them walking down the street make sure they nab and buy their tickets because I know that they're trying to get the tickets sold before the day of the before the day of the match so yeah absolutely do I think you know what if you want to put down a few hours on Saturday and you want to get a bit of a giggle but you also want to see some of the greatest hurlers and camogie players in the country they're all going to be in the one place on Saturday and I think it's going to be an absolute brilliant day well, there were talks of the Order of Malta having to be brought in as well because you've said it already Probably. that Frankie has had to separate poor Tommy and Grace. I yeah. mean, if the two of them is I put in Grace Mark and one another... Outside. She's after, I heard she's pinching, uh, pitching up a tent outside in the backyard. She's not allowed into the house. <laughs> so we all know who the favourite in the Walsh household is apparently. So poor Grace is after getting shafted out. So uh, yeah, it'll be great fun. Well, it certainly will. Mm. And I mean, Miriam Welch, if Jackie does play fullback and Miriam Welch in full forward there as well. I'd be more worried about JJ Delaney. I'm already after saying well, it. Well, I, I mean, whatever about poor JJ, if they put JJ in and Miriam, like they might as well sign his death warrant right <laughs> away. That, that's that's going to be the end of it. But uh, no, look, seriously, I mean, the girls are going to be taking this seriously. They're not going to be wanting to get bet by are. the boys. Yeah. The boys are certainly not going mm. to want to be get bet by a girls team like yeah. either, albeit that they are reigning champions but um, yeah it's uh, it's certainly going to be fun and look all the proceeds is for 
a really worthy cause because the girls have put in so much work you know they didn't get to celebrate in 2020 they didn't get to go anywhere they put in a magnificent effort throughout this year as well they won the All-Ireland final um, and yeah so uh, yeah, I think Dr Martin and Nicola will be very busy on Saturday Well Nicola's actually part of the management team uh, on which of them is it now? Is she with uh, Rackard and Anne or is she with Brian and uh, do, 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 she's with the Camogie women. Herself okay. and Breda is uh, involved with Brian Cody, Angela, Breda and Nicola. P- poor Brian in there with the three women. Mother of God's yeah. almighty. Like, I mean, he, he, he'd be well able to handle himself, I suppose, with him. Absolutely. He'll be the finest, yeah. And the plan is, because I've just been uh, trying to get hold of the boss, so um, at the minute... It's looking like that we are going to be live from John's Park as well, uh, broadcasting. So uh, that should be a good bit of crack for us doing it as well, provided we don't start rowing on the sideline. I did tell Liz Dempsey, though, that I have the body armour ordered for her as well for the weekend, just in case. And her reply back to me was to know, uh, was it going to be suitable enough? Yeah. I doubt it there could be um, yeah it, it's going to be fun and do you know what the fact that it is kind of like for all the words like a charity match like I think the abuse that's going to be hurled left charity. right and centre I can't see much be... charity being given by <laughs> no, anyone in this I, game I, I think it's going to be it's definitely going to be so I, I, do you know and I really feel like a really good crowd is going to go into it yeah. you know I think I think it's definitely I think it's going to be probably one of the most entertaining Saturdays we're going to put down in a long time um, it's going to be brilliant it's going to be such a fun exciting day and something and a day as well that it kind of shows maybe you know all like obviously the you know their former ex-hurlers but also shows like our camogie stars like in a different light going out having a bit of fun having a bit of crack like because we're so used to seeing them like obviously playing with Kilkenny and like you know being so serious and focused whereas now they can kind of maybe chill out and relax and really really have a bit of a giggle with what they love doing and I think it's mm. going to be really good to see You think there's going to be a giggle in it? I think it's going to be I can't see I no can giggling I can actually see loads of them like buckling over laughing like I think it's going to be <laughs> brilliant like and I feel like the first ball that goes into Philly Larkin I can just see about 10 girls like going straight for him they'll be coming off the sideline and everything to try and get in there but like, Brian Down will be gone running out the gates of John's Park there quite I can see buckling all right, but I don't think it's going to be from no, laughing. I think, yeah, no, it's going to be good out crack. It's brilliant. Oh, it certainly is. But no, it, see, on a serious note, if you are around on Saturday afternoon, it's certainly going to be the place to be in Johns Park. As we said, it is the home of uh, O'Loughlin Gales, and that game is timed for a 2 pm throw. And it is the Kilkenny Hurling Legends versus the All Ireland Senior Camogie Champions. And as we said, the price is only 10 euro a person. Children under 16 are free and the tickets can be purchased online or on the day or can be got through any of the Camogie players currently as well and we have that to look forward to yeah brilliant can't wait but that is it for this evening time flies as the fella says when you're having fun so my thanks to each and every one of you for listening as you do every week and we know that a few more is listening to us now and hopefully when it comes to Leinster that you'll be still listening in and keeping an eye on all of the Kilkenny teams that's taking part as we said James Stevens will be taking on Raharney on the 29th and we will be previewing that next week the Come On Kind team of the year will be coming up in the next couple of weeks as well so keep a listen out for that and don't 
don't forget, as you always do, wherever you get your podcasts to go and download and have a listen and see what you think and the experts, as they say, in RTE is not always right and we have our experts here that certainly wasn't right last weekend either with all three county finals getting it <laughs> wrong. So <laughs> a bit of a laugh in the studio oh. here with all our guys. But on a serious note, congratulations to all our winners, to Carrick Shock, to James Stevens, and to Thomastown who were crowned county champions over the weekend. <clears throat> um, excuse me commiserations to uh, John Locks Bennett's Bridge to the Rornest League and to Dixborough as well no doubt they will be back again in uh, the future years to come but I'm getting a tickle in my throat now Anya so I think it's time to say good night and farewell and until next week it's goodbye from the usual suspects here in the KCLR studio Thanks goodbye Neil. bye This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmy. Oh